0: Welcome to Smoke the Podcast episode special <laughs> special episode <laughs> it's a special episode that was so a little we're little not dramatic. we're not doing actually a episode number today yeah so i thought i but you know why we're being dramatic though because we're in Vegas we're in Vegas and Vegas is known for its drama
1: yes for its over the top drama yeah, yeah I, guess I guess you're right yeah always yeah 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 uh, we're sitting here Overlooking the Strip? Yes, sir. Um, And we decided that because we picked up some moonshine, we should try it on air for the first time.
0: Yeah. Um, It's actually a moonshine that is made here in Las Vegas called City Lights Shine, CLS. And we got the original standard moonshine flavor. They had a lot of other like weird kind of
1: flavors. They had a lot of flavors. But we wanted to just try...
0: The regular moonshine. So this yes. is just spirits distilled from cane and grain sour mash moonshine, hmm. and it's 82 proof. So that means it's 41 percent alcohol by volume, distilled and bottled in the fabulous
1: Las Vegas, Nevada. So I'm assuming by its clear color that it's not um, stored in barrels. I would assume so. I don't, I don't know anything um, about moonshine to be honest. I don't either. So and this is I've never actually had moonshine. I don't think i've ever had moonshine that yeah I don't know of. i've had the opportunity never yeah, never yeah, tried yeah. It. i thought moonshine was supposed to be really strong it's only a well, proof
0: i think unregulated moonshine <laughs> is very strong <laughs> i think uh yeah. regulated moonshine has to be within like kind of government standards i would assume so i'm just gonna kind of read what's on the bottle here um because there's not a whole lot of research that we're able to do because we're in vegas so. yeah
1: and this is
0: kind of just this
1: special up curb, episode up the cup throw, yeah. throw and go kinda. unscripted yeah unscripted there we go
0: yeah so uh, CLS roots came straight out of NASCAR whose beginnings were fueled by moonshine I have a note on that in a minute CLS distiller um, was a NASCAR technical official who legend states made the best moonshine in the south um, his partner a NASCAR driver for more than 20 years who had a flair for business and who knew when to bet on a sure thing that's a run on sentence or not a complete sentence. Um, as both were coming to the end of their racing journey, they decided to partner up and make the best of the two worlds collide. What a better place, um, than the greatest city in America, Las Vegas to show the world the best shine in America. Um, so this is, this is actually a pretty cool looking bottle too. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's an odd shape. Um, you know, it's more more like a like a wide short cylinder, but it has a really cool label, sh- super shiny label, and then I don't know if you notice on the top, it's like a acrylic or glass with their logo on it. But then when you actually remove the top here, <laughs> um, there's like a uh, cork inside.
1: Yeah, and the cork's kind of not really cork; it's like a synthetic material looking. Okay. black Cork. We'll take pictures.
0: So what do you get on the nose of that? On we're smelling the the just the cork right now.
1: Um, I don't know. Like really, I don't know if it's wheat or something very like yeasty. <laughs> so I'm
0: kind of getting that.
1: But do you like remember, bread. Almost. Do you remember
0: when we we tried that? Like bread. The 76 South. Yes, with the uh, what was it?
1: Jet fuel, uh, jet fuel and, rotten, and corn. rotten corn. I smell the corn, just not as rotten.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I smell like corn grain, um, for sure. And I smell the jet fuel in there too.
1: Do you smell the jet fuel? Yeah. Maybe a little bit. That might be what it is. Um, I noticed though, when you smell it straight from the bottle, it doesn't smell as different. I don't know. If yeah, it like, doesn't or... smell as as tough. Yeah, it doesn't. It smells different.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and so if you bought a bottle, you got two free shot glasses. Are We taking it. shots, or are we taking these in glasses? Well, we're not gonna take a shot, but let's pour it in the shot glass right. in case we want to do um, the four roses next. I don't need a ton. Yeah, that's we're yeah. Pour... We're, we're doing, doing maybe like a half shot, but I'm gonna just not sit even mine. Half a shot. Yeah, oh yeah, maybe like a third shot. Yeah. Cool, so I'm interested to see what this is going to taste like. Based off the smell, I don't expect it to taste very good.
1: Yeah, um, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Without, you know, the oakiness being stored in an oak barrel, um, which I don't think this is because it's so clear. Right. It's like vodka clear. Yeah, it's like really... Yeah, like really clear. Weird smelling. Maybe that's what we're missing in the smell profile is the oakiness yeah
0: well let's try it cheers cheers i'm not i'm not a huge fan
1: that's not bad actually it's this tastes a lot better than i thought it was gonna taste um it's got a sweetness uh definitely a corn sweetness in my opinion um but uh like the finish is just super rubbing alcohol-y yeah um which, yeah, I don't really care for too much. Uh, not very much burn on the way down, but a little bit. Not, not too smooth. Um, I mean, this is not something that I would uh, like to sit and sip. Um, I
0: feel like it's left a really, like, um, almost, like, chemical-y flavor on my tongue now. I didn't yeah. taste it at first. It tasted more, like you said, you kind of taste the corn in there, a little bit of sweetness. And then you get, like, this, like, um, burn... Um, on the tongue, not going, like you're saying, not going down. It doesn't really burn going down. But on the tongue, I felt like I had this almost like chemically burned, and I don't know if that's like the jet fuel or whatever.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. And by the way, they don't use real jet fuel. Just, no, I uh, know. Just yeah. You know. Sorry for those of you that are listening. We're not drinking
0: straight jet fuel. It's just moonshine. Um, but it, uh, to me, I'm I'm not a huge huge fan of it.
1: Um, and because I don't have my phone, I don't know if this is a fun fact, but mm-hmm. Uh, from my understanding, NASCAR's roots are in Moonshine.
0: That was the note I was going to make. Okay. And the joke, it was actually kind of a joke. It's from Talladega Nights and yeah. watching Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell. Oh, and okay. His That's character. A, is that where I heard that from? Yeah. His character <laughs> is asleep. And so the, you know, his dad or whatever in the movie goes to wake him up, um, to get him to, to race, uh. The car, you know, because he had yeah. gotten hurt, whatever. Anyways, I don't want to give away too much of the movie. but It doesn't matter if you haven't seen it by now. Yeah, that is true if you haven't seen it by now. But anyway, so he throws a bucket of water on him and wakes him up, and he's, like, freaking out. And then he yells at him, you know, how, how was NASCAR invented? And he basically said that, you know, guys were racing moonshine across county lines and borders and stuff like that. And they had to make these really fast cars to be faster than yeah. the cops. And then they started realizing, like, these are really fast cars. Let's race them. I,
1: I feel like that's <laughs> kind of true, though.
0: Yeah, I mean that's all I'm saying is it's from the movie, so I don't yeah. know, but like I feel like yeah, it's got to be. Sense. It's got to have its roots, at least somehow. And I mean, based on what the bottle says, you know, I gotta wonder too. All
1: right, do you um, want to you want to kind of taste this against some real some bourbon,
0: bourbon or some whiskey? Yes, please, please.
1: <laughs> so you know why I don't really like the flavor of this?
0: It's because um, when I was in uh, Indonesia, they had um, a moonshine there that it tastes very reminiscent of it, and I was not um, a huge fan of that moonshine. So, um, also, it tastes like, to me, it tastes kind of reminiscent of Italian grappa. Okay. Which grappa is like kind of their fire water, like great moonshine or something like that.
1: So, right away, just by the smell, because actually we're drinking Four Roses, I don't know if we mentioned that, Four Roses bourbon. Right, Um, which we've done small batch before on our Whiskey Flight episode. Um, The thing I noticed immediately by the smell is caramel, like vanilla kind of smell that... You do get the oak, too? Yeah, and definitely the oak um, that the moonshine just does not have. It doesn't have that depth. So the moonshine to me smells like
0: you can smell the corn in there... And then I know I keep referring back to the jet fuel, but it's just like this very very strong scent of alcohol and then and maybe like like I said like a, a chemical smell. I don't yeah, know like how to explain it. Yeah, like alcohol
1: fumes are coming out. When you smell the cork on the of four, the four roses, roses,
0: yeah. It just smells so good. Right. It smells like like wood that's been soaked in like caramel and vanilla, yeah. you know. Yeah. It just it smells delicious. And so I'm going to take one more sip of this to put, this moonshine here. Put
1: my finger on this exact smell. Oh, you know what this smells like? What? To me? What? This smells like um like a mounds uh almost coconut smell. You think so? That's coming off the cork, so
0: Yeah, I'm actually getting kind of a floral smell too, and um The actual bourbon doesn't joking because like it's four roses, right? But <laughs> you... no, I actually feel like I'm getting like more of a light floral scent with um and that could be from the, the wood of the cork too. Yeah. But yeah, I could see coconut in there. That's yeah, really weird. Bit. Yeah, that's. I'm, uh, yeah, that's that's good, man. Um, so I'm gonna again. I'm gonna try another sip of the
1: moonshine just to yeah, really kind of. Yeah, ugh, that smell just. I think that's. It smells like corn and bread Ooh, to me. Ugh. That uh,
0: yeah, the smell really turns me off to
1: it. Yeah, it actually doesn't taste as bad as it smells. To be mm-hmm. honest. Um, yeah this smells like not a lot either, worse so if you smell it right before you sip it though yeah it, to me it smells like corn and bread mm-hmm. and not cornbread either because cornbread smells good right it's like corn <laughs> bread and then like rubbing alcohol yeah and
0: then okay let's smell the uh, four roses Oh, yeah. Oh, world of difference. <laughs> this, this, you know, it's so funny because to me, I don't think of whiskey as, like, very sweet. Yeah, um, I don't either. You know, but, you could but, really smell the but in so. comparison to the moonshine, yeah. it's like, oh, this is going to be, like, drinking liquid candy. Yeah. You know, like. For sure. So, cheers. Cheers. Four roses.
1: Oh, yeah. There's
0: the flavor, too. You um, could sip that easy.
1: Yeah, so much more mellow. Um, smooth. And, yeah, like, the flavor, like, coats your tongue really well. Right. The finish doesn't taste like just straight alcohol. You can kind right. of taste, um, you know, the oakiness, the caramel. Definitely the caramel on this And one. you know what's funny is uh, I've always kind of made jokes that, like, uh, I don't know if I would taste this stuff if I didn't read it. Right. But um, y- you can really taste it when you're when you're testing against something else so, so so like the four roses we i didn't look up a flavor profile b- before this at all no we haven't looked um, up anything i mean i know like most bourbons are going to be going to say vanilla caramel, caramel kind of yeah, you know yeah. oak kind of stuff but yeah. um but yeah it you can really taste the difference yeah yeah it's
0: insane too I, you know and i wonder if we were to take a sip of vodka or a sip of moonshine or or even like something vastly different like rum where yeah. it's it's very sugary in my opinion like yeah or very sweet in my opinion um you know, if we would notice that that difference or whatever. But anyways, um, so yeah, that's a yep, vast, vast difference. Yeah, it's
1: good. Crazy. Four Roses, woo. Yeah. I don't know if it's um, the moonshine that's making Four Roses be a winner for me, but Four Roses is a winner right now.
0: Um, uh, Well, you really like the single... Yeah, I did. The, or the Reserve or whatever it is, Four Roses, Small Batch. Small Batch, small yeah, batch. Small Batch was bomb. They actually have one that's even higher than the Small Batch, really? too. Yeah, so we'll have to try that one, but Four Roses is good. And so to, to give you guys an idea, this Moonshine was $35 for the bottle. Um, I think that's what we paid, right? 35 Yeah, 35 And we got two free shot glasses with it, which I think is just... Or a free shirt. Or a free t-shirt, and we figured two free shot glasses would be better. Um. And then with the Four Roses, I think I paid twenty dollars for mm-hmm. that bottle, which you know a bottle of Jack Daniel's like uh, sixteen ninety nine or whatever, seventeen bucks, something something around in that like area. So for three dollars more, you could honestly sip that Four Roses easy. Oh yeah, and All I'm day. not saying you can't sip Jack Daniel's because um, we we had a glass yeah. of Jack Daniel's neat yesterday and it was delicious, but it's so much. This is so much smoother. Yeah,
1: and uh, you know the Jack Daniel's well, was, was ice cold, and it's a sour mash. Yeah.
0: Whereas bourbon tends to be a little smoother anyway, so, Uh, you know, but anyways, so let me, I'm going to, I'm going to have you kind of start us off on our topic. So today, guys, we're going to actually be talking about um, concealed carry in, in the city of Las Vegas Mm -hmm. and kind of our experience with that, but also kind of talking about being a gray man um, and the idea of gray man. Um, or you know the idea of not being a gray man as yeah. well, you know, and so kind of going through those that thought process. So just so you guys know, we're we're actually currently in the hotel room right now, so we can't smoke um, or anything like that. So we're gonna skip the cigar today, mm-hmm. and this topic might be a little shorter than what we normally. Yeah, well, this is just and, you know, a you know it's more promo just episode. like I said, promo episode, yeah. special episode, whatever. But totally off the cuff, Teddy, what has your experience been? Conceal carrying in Vegas,
1: and would you consider yourself more or less of a gray man? Um, for me, uh, I'm definitely less of a gray, or more of a gray man. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, now, yeah. Well, can we actually probably first can we explain what gray man is? Uh, gray man is just kind of like not looking like a tactical <laughs> guy. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. To me, to me, you're just trying to blend in as much as possible. Right. Um, with the group. Okay. You know, the herd.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, in your opinion, um, what would be things that are quintessential not gray man? Um, anything 5.11 Tactical? <laughs> Which is funny because 5.11 Tactical <laughs> sells themselves harder, yeah. as a gray man company. Yeah. Um, but in
1: reality, anyone who carries guns knows what 5.11 okay. looks like. Okay, actually, I, yeah. Um, I'm speaking from a a gun guy though so maybe 511 tactical is a little more gray man but i'll tell you one thing i did uh walk by a guy yesterday that was all tacticaled out with he had the tactical shirt i don't even remember what it was it was like a um it wasn't a 511 but it was you know something it, it almost looked like a, a a tactical like shooting range or you know a company oh and you so could, you could just immediately tell maybe like, even like the t-shirt i'm wearing now yeah not, not, not even that bad. It just had something tactical on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it just had all the American flag and, you know, so all that to, stuff. So to
0: preface, guys, I am wearing a We the People holsters <laughs> t-shirt right now. So it's got the big old logo, We the People holsters on the side. On the other arm, it's got an uh, uh, American, American flag. flag. And then on the front of the shirt, it is an American flag made of... Guns. Guns. All kinds of guns.
1: Yep, AKs. Thompson's. I like how they use The, the Tommy
0: guns there. Non-American AK, but... Right, and big. an AUG, I think, is Swiss, right? <laughs> or something like that. And then the Odin, yeah. Anyways, um, this is the least gray man shirt that you yes. could possibly wear. However, you can ask Theodore, I did not wear it outside of the room. This yeah. has been my relaxing, you know, it's my yeah bed, around shirt. Yeah, bedtime shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so... Um, so so he was wearing something similar to that without yeah. all the excess America.
1: Yeah. But he had like an American flag patch or, yeah. the, or emblem American on, flag the, on the shirt and everything. On the shirt, okay. And he had uh, a, a tactical hat that, you know, I can just... Uh, it, and that's the with, thing too. With it's,
0: that uh, perfectly curved uh, tactical <laughs> bill. I'm sure they teach college courses about that. Like how to, the you know, perfect angle on your, your curved tactical hat
1: bill. Um, you just got me really thinking though. Now that... that uh, from, coming from me though is that would a normal person notice that I
0: okay so the one that for me that bothers me and I, I'm wearing the shirt right now is the American flag patch on mm-hmm. the or the American flag emblem anything like that where it's on the shoulder like it would be on a military uniform yeah. police fire EMT something like that you see an American flag on someone's sleeve and to me I look at that and I go okay that person has served in some form. Of, or or wants to serve or has some form of interest in a paramilitary organization at some okay, point in time that makes or sense. another. Um, you know, I, I, I'm an Eagle Scout. I haven't mentioned that recently, so <laughs> I thought I'd not, throw yeah. that in there again. Um, but growing up in the Boy Scouts, you know, you're always in uniform, and so there are a lot of people that, you know, you're very familiar with how the flag should rest on your shirt and all that and stuff like that on your sleeve. And so to me, and I, I wonder too, though, you know, if I wasn't a gun person, if that throws off you know, a red flag or not, but um, when you were actually at, at the cashier's um, line over last night in one of the hotels, there were two gentlemen, and both of them were wearing um, like either like something like what I'm wearing now or grunt style or something where they had the American mm-hmm. flag patches on both their shoulders. They're wearing American flag net gaiters. Because um, yes, of COVID, we all have to be wearing masks here and everywhere, basically. Yeah. But especially here in Vegas, they're they're enforcing the mask rule in all the casinos. They have these bright, you know, red, white, and blue uh, American flag net gaiters. They're both wearing green, OD green, um, and maybe desert tan, coyote tan. The other guy was wearing it. It was kind of hard to see from where they were at. But I noticed both of them were wearing um, big, like, boots. Um, not oh, cowboy yeah. boots, but, like, the like, big, yeah. like tactical boots, you know, and um, Just looking in their direction. My thought process was like both those guys have guns on them. Yeah, you know And the one guy was drinking a water bottle and it was like (laughs) 11 p.m. At night, and I'm like, why is he drinking water? You know, why is he not drinking alcohol like oh, he's probably carrying it, you know Um, and his buddy uh, appeared to be you know doing the same or it didn't even look like they were drinking or anything like that so that, to me, sends off all kinds of signs of, like, these two guys are concealed carrying. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, uh, you know. You know, it might help to get a um, normal person. I shouldn't say normal, but, um, you know, a person that's not so so into this. Yeah. Uh, on to see, just to see what, if they ever notice stuff like that.
0: Well, we might, you know, and, and we're, we're again, doing this kind of off the cuff here. um but we do have some people here with us in Vegas who it might be fun to interview, and, you know, a little later and say, hey, to you, what stands out in a crowd is someone carrying a gun.
1: Yeah, and, like, for for me being, you know, like, I studied martial arts, and that was one of our biggest things was, yeah, you know, not learning technique, but it was always, like, uh, situational awareness and um, knowing who's walking into every door, you know, like... Sitting if, if with your at, back if, yeah, to a wall. Yeah, if you're at a restaurant, like... I notice everybody walking in. Right. You know, I'm looking at everybody. Right. Um, you know, just, just trying to gauge, like, who are you? Are you going to be trouble? Uh, not only for me, but just, you know, for the people in general. Like, do I, should I just get, like, get out of here? Am I better off right. not eating here? You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, and I've always been like that. Like, uh, you know, you plan, like, okay, this person might be trouble, so, you know, how can I de-escalate anything? Right. You know, because, you know, the last thing you want to do is get into a confrontation right. uh, with anybody. Yeah, you know? no, so it's true. Sometimes the best way to de-escalate something is just not to be there.
0: Yeah, to avoid the situation yeah. entirely. And I, I completely agree. Um, uh, so then back back to, uh, you know, my initial question to you as well is just, you know, so you would consider yourself more of a gray man. Yes. Okay. Um, and we've kind of defined what a gray man is. Um, and then your experience with, with CCW. And do you think that – well, first off, let's talk about why you – find yourself more of a gray man. Because I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you don't really present yourself as someone who carries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like to flirt with that line quite a bit. Um, for sure, yeah. Um, however, I don't ever go over the top. You know, you'll never see me with a shirt like this one mm-hmm. that I'm currently wearing out in public. You're just not going to see it. Um, but yeah, so in your opinion, describe maybe like your outfit for yesterday, how you were carrying, that sort of stuff. Um and then, you know, in your opinion, why you consider yourself more of a gray man.
1: Uh, well, so I was wearing, wearing a regular pair of shorts. Not even tacticals. I mean, these, kind of, I guess, can kind of, like, uh, they're, they're more like, uh, you know, just your regular, like, comfortable vacation shorts to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, um, kind of cargo style a little bit? Yeah. Okay. And, okay.
1: why I mean, especially in Vegas, you always want cargo style to keep your money in. Right. You know. Zipper up. pockets, yeah. yes. Um, and I was wearing a, just a regular button-down shirt. Okay. Um... And my rig, because I'm a big guy, you know, I got a belly and stuff, uh, is a belly band. Okay. Um, because that's the most comfortable for me. Yeah. And um, I mean, just super concealable, like that. You, you cannot tell. I, I have a, um, a full size, pistol, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing is just completely. I I can
0: verify that too. You know, having walked through the, you know, casinos, gone to dinner, all that type of stuff. Even sitting down sometimes, it, that's the worst part for me in, in Vegas is sitting down, right? Because I either carry appendix or I carry kind of like um, 5 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. So if I carry 5 o'clock, I'm always worried that my shirt's going to lift up when I sit down. And if you carry appendix, you're always like slapping, yeah, you in your, yeah, slapping your into your gut every time. Like yeah. every time you sit down, boom, it like kicks you right in the stomach or intestines or whatever, you know? So it's... Uh, it's one of those things where for you, you know, I noticed you were carrying strong side and are you carrying a little high or you yeah, carry, I carry high. So you carry higher than your actual mm. waist line. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I always kind of carry on my waistline. and I'm not a very tall guy. I think you're a little taller than I am. So you have kind of that a little yeah, bit of... it
1: makes you pretty short sure cuz I'm not very tall either. So. Right. I'm
0: ex... <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, anyways, my point is, um, you know, having t- having the ability to carry on that strong side is always awesome too because it's not really getting in the way of anything. Yeah. And if you're carrying high, you're not worried about your shirt riding up, no. right? And anything, um, you know, so that's one of those things as well. So for me, um, I, so you guys know how I carry when I'm here, Vegas, or obviously I carry all over, right? So, and I carry back at home and stuff too. I tend to carry appendix. Um, it depends on the gun, um, but if I'm carrying my really small... Subcompact XD, I have a tendency to carry appendix or I'll carry at five o'clock. Um, both of which, again, I'm worried about my shirt lifting up. So I buy a shirt that's a little bit larger than what I would normally wear, so that way it covers everything and I'm good to go. Um, I have to be conscious when I reach up on top shelves or when you know I yeah. kind of bend over to move something around or do whatever. Um, I notice shopping. A grocery shopping or things like that is when you have the most issues with it because you're constantly loading things into your cart and reaching for things and stuff like that so I just have to be very aware of that but the other thing that I do in Vegas that I don't do at home as often is I'll carry off body which I'm not a huge fan of however when you're in Vegas and you're carrying your cash and you want to make sure everything's secure it can be easier to carry everything in like I have a fanny pack yeah um and I've kind of it's tactical baby gear fanny pack Mm -hmm. because I have a daughter and I thought it would be useful for that purpose, you know, carrying a diaper and some wipes and things like that with me when I'm on the go and I don't want a full diaper bag. Um, But it's also perfect for carrying a concealed firearm. Um, That being said, I put a bunch of really bright patches on it and made it look very like yeah, you no know, oh, rad dad yeah. over the top dad bod drinking team. I think yeah. I put on there just to be funny and mm-hmm. so people would look at it and laugh and not look at it and go, man, he's wearing an OD green or a <laughs> you know an all black or whatever. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. They have it in all different colors. Mine's green, but like they look at it more and they just laugh. Like, yeah. oh man, this this tool with a, yeah. a fanny pack on. Like, yeah, he's it's a total dad.
1: Definitely a joke looking. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, and so I think also sometimes you can be very, very uh, tactical and turn it into like a joke or make it look funny, you know? So I'm just trying to look like a tough dad in Vegas, you know? Um, And I know you have experience carrying off-body in Vegas, too. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So I have a, it's actually kind of a cool rig. um, And I kind of like it because uh, I do have a piece of body armor in there.
0: Yes, Um, so that's cool.
1: Yeah, so it's just a a sling backpack, Okay. uh, Maxpedition. I mean, Maxpedition can kind of be a little bit tactical, but they're not really. They're kind of like, you know, between tactical and like hunting, hiking, kind of.
0: I feel like Maxpedition is more Gray Man than 5.11 Tactical Yeah, is. I think so, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and yeah, it's just a sling bag. Uh, it looks like a tablet bag. Yeah, pretty much. And the cool thing is you can just sling it to your front, and then uh, you have access to your, your pistol from a, a, a pocket in the back. Mm-hmm. um and then uh the way i have it set up is in front of that is a a, a piece of shoot i don't know what level it is it's been a while um, i think it's 3a yeah it's soft it's soft, soft armor, armor. It's supposed to, level uh, three soft armor yeah it's, I think. yeah it's supposed to be um 357 magnum
0: yeah i think stop. i think maybe even a 44
1: okay yeah i think i think it's all pistol rounds for the yeah. most part yeah there's yeah there's nothing it's not gonna stop a rifle round but yeah it, basically once i sling it around i mean it's it's basically it, covering my whole Yeah, my it's organs. almost like a little plate carrier, yeah.
0: you know, um, um, which is So, yeah, cool.
1: I, I kind of like that. Okay. Um, my, my only issue with that is if you're walking around a lot, yeah. uh, you do get, like, uh, kind of sweaty in the back, you know, because it's... Right.
0: Are you worried ever because you have it slung over your back that someone's going to come up from behind you and try and, like, open your bag or anything like that?
1: Uh, no, because if they did open my bag, there's not really anything that they can access because the uh, access to the gun is, is in the... It's right up against my back. So the, the zipper you can't uh, so even you see. So you can't even see. You don't even yeah. know that there's a zipper there? Yeah, you couldn't even okay. see the zipper. Okay. So the, the firearm's not really accessible.
0: Well, and that's kind of the same thing with the fanny pack that I have is you can't tell where kind of the firearm zipper's at. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a little flap inside the pouch. So you could actually open it up and show somebody like, oh, look, I got you know diapers in here, a granola bar or whatever. And then there's a little flap of fabric, and then you peel that back and your firearm can sit right in there. So it's totally concealable, which is pretty cool. Um, The other time I I use that as well, and I also have a belly band holster too, which I really like for going on walks around the neighborhood Mm -hmm. or things like that, Um, because it doesn't require a belt, which is super cool. Those belly band holsters are amazing, because you don't have to wear a big old gun belt, because every day that I, I, every day, um, I have to wear, uh, I, I wear Hank's gunner belts, Yeah. Super solid. They have like a lifetime warranty and everything. I got one of those. Um, love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you might have been the one that told me to pick it up or something.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, maybe not. I think you might have.
0: Maybe I did. It okay. But uh, I just remember picking up that belt and thinking like, man, this is great. But I mean, if it's hot, if it's during the summertime, if you're trying to go on a walk, I mean, we walk probably an average of one to two miles, you know, every day with the daughter and dogs and stuff like that. And so it can be really uncomfortable to be walking around in shorts or even jeans or anything like that with a big belt on. So the belly band's great because I just wrap it around and go. Um, And it's pretty sweat resistant, which is pretty cool. Um, But the fanny pack's also cool because I got one that not only I can clip around like a waistband, but it's actually big enough to where I can turn it into a sling bag and throw it over my shoulder. And that's super easy for walking around the neighborhood. Because um, then at that point, you know, I just have it kind of hanging over my shoulder. And again, no one thinks anything of it because I have some stupid tactical patches on there that are like bright, bright 80s colors. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I went with it and I said, hey, let's just make this thing look kind of ridiculous because no one's going to assume anything.
1: Oh, The other cool thing about uh, the sling bag or even the fanny pack is you can carry um, uh, like tourniquet or yeah, know, uh, some trauma a quick response yeah, uh,
0: yeah an IFAC or something like that is super cool you can carry that um, a lot of the times too for me it's really nice if I want to wear gym shorts or swim trunks um, I can throw my wallet in there so I, ha- mm-hmm. I don't have to pull my CCW card specifically out of my wallet and make uh, sure okay. I have it with me you know yeah I just throw my whole wallet in there and it's not like bulky or anything like that Plus, you can easily carry a couple extra mags with you too if you know you're going to be out for a long period yeah. of time. One of the things that we think about oftentimes when we come to Vegas, and then we talked about it on the way in. Every, I mean, I feel like every time we come in is the Vegas shootout. Yeah. Um. And you know, I think in that particular situation, there were probably quite a few people, I would guess, that were carrying. Mm-hmm. But because the distance so far, you don't have a, a valid target or anything. Yeah. You, have you know, no, there's you have nothing where that you from. can do. But God forbid there were there was like a terrorist attack or something like that with multiple targets, you'd want to at least have enough ammo to get you and your family back to your room, Yeah, you know? And so I have a tendency to carry a little bit a little bit more ammunition with me when I'm walking around in Vegas. Well, it
1: would have been more uh, useful in a situation like the uh, Las Vegas shooting would have been uh, having an IFAC.
0: Yes, yeah, and having that would have been far more important. And I think there were people that probably did have them mm-hmm. with them, I would guess. Um, I know It'd be tough were, to
1: get into a new concert, but...
0: That, well, I know that there was a video clip of a guy that kept putting his hand in his cargo shorts pocket. And I'm like, I was very interested to find out, like, why is he doing that? Because he, you know, there was, he, you know, you could hear the gunfire and stuff, and he keeps putting his hand in his pocket, and it looks like he's gripping a gun, yeah. you know. Um, I don't know, you know, you just don't know. And yeah, yeah, to get into a concert, you don't know what kind of metal detectors you're going through or whatever... Um, so that's always something to be mindful of as well. Yeah, and
1: be mindful of where you are and right. uh, know the laws. And, and the
0: laws and rules and everything else like that. Um, you know, so that's always kind of interesting too. Now, uh, there's one law in Las Vegas that I know that you're not a super huge fan of when it comes to concealed carry.
1: What is that?
0: Um, the ability to have alcohol
1: while carrying. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> That is so ridiculous. So from from someone that doesn't really drink too much... <laughs> So, uh, here, here's my thought process on it. I,
0: I don't believe guns and alcohol mix. Not at all. Um, however, I believe it does help to be gray man, in my opinion, as you're walking around. And you've seen me do this before. I'll get a beer and I'll nurse that beer for two hours, yeah. three hours, one beer. I mean, it's warm by the time, you know, yeah. you're walking the
1: strip. So you know how dedicated you are if you're drinking a warm beer.
0: Right? Well, <laughs> it's mainly so that way it looks like yeah. I'm just enjoying myself, and I have no cares in the world, you know? Because it was a dead giveaway when those tactical guys last night were drinking water mm-hmm. at 11 p.m. You yeah, know, it's a combination on, of both. On the both, casino yeah. floor. And so it's kind of nice to have that ability to sip on a beer and, and kind of like – pretend like you're participating in, in the crowd and everything um, without actually doing it now here's the part that I don't agree with though um, in the state of Nevada you can be at a .1 BAC <laughs> so you cannot legally drive a car but you can carry a loaded firearm yeah, on you. That's and that a little to me much. Is at the very minimum bring it down to a point eight. yeah, or .08. Sorry, point not eight, point, yeah. eight. Oh point my eight God. would be death. You'd be dead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, a .08. Like, I mean, if you like, to me, f- operating a firearm, in my opinion, would probably be almost more dangerous than driving a motor vehicle under the influence. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So there's that. The other thing that we kind of had a conversation about yesterday um, is uh, confidence in accuracy and confidence in, in shot placement and things like that. So you mentioned that you know when we sit down at dinner, you take a look around and make sure you kind of mm-hmm. know everyone who's sitting around. Um, I do the same thing. And last night we were sitting in a very open restaurant. Um, it was indoors, but it was almost like patio seating kind yeah. of, where it's very open, you can see out, you can see in to the restaurant and everything. And um, you know, I, I was mentioning to a friend, I go, I would feel very confident in that little area with the firearm that I'm working with taking a shot anywhere within that restaurant, you know what I mean, provided you had a clean open shot. I said, though, as soon as you get outside the restaurant and look down the escalators, you know, there's a vast, vast opening. Yeah. And I would not feel confident taking a shot with the fa- particular firearm I was carrying because it's only a three inch barrel, it's subcompact. And the accuracy is probably only good within about 15 yards. You could probably hit center mass at 20 yards, yeah. but it's very iffy. Um, so, in your opinion, in situations like Vegas or like um, anywhere, any big city where you're going to be in a tight, cramped space, and something were to happen, right? And um, it happens in front of you. And I know we've talked about it on the podcast too, of not running in and trying to find the gunfire. Mm -hmm. The CCW is not for that purpose. It's literally for your self-protection and those immediately around you. And so if something were to happen, you know, are, in your opinion, do you take into account, as you're looking at everything, your confidence level of making a shot in each particular situation that you're in? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, And basically, where I'm comfortable taking a shot with a pistol, um, is about as close as I would ever want to be. You know what I mean? Like, uh, anything beyond that, I'm out, you know, we're just trying to get somewhere safe. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but if it's within pistol range, you almost have no choice. And
0: for you with pistol range, what's your, in your like comfortability zone personally with what you carry, which is just a standard size, um, nine millimeter, right?
1: Yeah. Ah, but Probably about the same as yours. <laughs> okay, about 15 uh, to 20 yards. Yeah, even okay. with, um, with a four-inch barrel.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So with my 1911, surprisingly, I feel a lot better at about 20 to 25 yards. Anything closer than that, sure. But yeah. the 1911, for whatever reason, I shoot better with it. I just I have a tendency to be more accurate with it.
1: I actually shoot better with my 1911, too. So, when and that's... a TRP. And that's... <laughs> yeah, probably. Did I mention that? I don't, I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast before, but...
0: That it's what? A it's TRP. A,
1: TRP. Mm.
0: I don't know. I'm not really familiar with TRPs. Is it something that's better? Because I, I, I know with the mil spec, it's one, two world wars and you know everything. So yeah, uh, the TRP, I don't think, has done anything ever.
1: Yeah, just improved upon what one, two world wars.
0: Uh, I don't know that you call it improvement. <laughs> but anyways. Um, Any hoot. Th- that's another thing to be mindful of, the firearm you're carrying and yeah, your ability sure. with each one, you know? So... Um, something else to think about too, but, uh, yeah. So then, um, let's see, we've talked about, oh, okay, here's one. I was gonna say, we've talked about gray man, but in your opinion then, where do you think I sit on the gray man to not gray man scale?
1: Um, I would say probably on the gray man side. Okay. But pushing... Pushing pushing the, the middle a little bit. Okay. And what is it that I
0: do or don't do that causes it to push more towards the not-grey-man side?
1: Um, I guess your style of, of dress. Maybe the cowboy boots might give it away. <laughs> okay. not, not give it away, but uh, you tend to uh, look more like a hunter. Okay. And I know hunters don't necessarily kill, uh, conceal carry, but... Um, you know they are. Yeah, not familiar no, with their absolutely.
0: Arms. So I would say so. This was my outfit yesterday, um, prior to going out to dinner, was blue jeans, uh, Arriett cowboy boots, and a Browning t shirt.
1: Yes, the Browning t shirt. I forgot about that. And right? a
0: Browning hat. Yeah. Um, which I think is like I said, I tend have a tendency sometimes to push yeah. the limit on my gray man just because I love that style of clothing though yeah. too. You know, and it's hard. That, I think, for me, that's one of the biggest frustrations I have, is I'd love to wear a grunt-style shirt. I'd love to wear this We the People holster shirt out, but it's just such a dead giveaway that, like, I'm Tactical Joe, and I'm here to, like, you know, conceal carry all over the place, you know?
1: Yeah, to me, I find that a little... Um, abrasive, or...? No, it's it, it's almost, to me... <laughs> I might catch a lot of flack for this. That's almost as um, bad as wearing, like, an Affliction T-shirt. Uh, so, what... It's like it's just like two in your face, okay, uh, douchebaggy. Okay, okay. You know? I get it.
0: Yeah, no, and I agree because I feel like I see guys like that yeah. again. Perfect example was the two gentlemen I saw, and I'm like, bro, both of these guys probably are packing like a big old forty five or yeah. you know, a Glock of some kind, you know. And it's just it's very obvious, yeah. like it's so obvious, and so. I would say though I try and stay more on the Bass Pro shop side of things. Like where I wear more like a hunter. Like outdoorsy. You know, my browning shirt can maybe give it away a little bit. But again, my browning shirt it's it's all the deer stuff on it.
1: Yes, you're you definitely have the hunting browning stuff. It's not like the you know You're not running a uh, browning high power shirt. Right, or something
0: (laughs) like that. Yeah. True. And so I think I tend to try and Make myself appear more like an outdoorsman. Yeah. Which is what I am because it's the stuff I wear camping and hunting and fishing anyways. Um, But yeah, I do think that that has a tendency for people to to put those connotations together. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, he hunts. That means he owns guns, which means he also has a potential of owning handguns and personal defense weapons. I
1: would also say that um, to your regular person that maybe Browning isn't as recognizable as like Glock right. or something. You right. Know? I agree with that
0: 100%. I think Browning is definitely more of a, you need to be in into it to kind of know yeah. that that's what Browning is. Um, and I've actually had people tell me before that they've seen my Browning logo and they're like, what is that? And yeah. it's like, oh, it's a deer. And then as soon as you tell them, they're like, oh yeah, yeah it's a deer. No way. You know? So... You know, I, I think it's one of those things where unless you're involved in the world, it might not, it might go unmissed, or it might go missed, I should yeah. say.
1: Yeah, Browning's not necessarily tactical.
0: Right. Um, you know, and, and so that's, you know, to your point, wearing a Glock shirt, wearing an AR-15 shirt, Yeah. Um, anything, you know, with an AR-15 on it, or any black, evil-looking rifle mm-hmm. or handgun... It's gonna raise some concerns for sure. I think people are gonna look at that and go, "Oh my gosh, okay, this guy's a tactical guy." And, and uh, I hate that the American flag, I feel like, has also been now associated. If you wear an American flag, you're associated as a gun owner. I feel like.
1: Yeah, uh, that's and then also your political affiliation. Can, right, right, um, kind of. Which is why I misconstrued that way. Also, I
0: think maybe the boots and the hunting gear l- lend itself to that. Yeah. That stereotype of oh he must be a conservative gun owner yeah. you know and that sort of thing so I get that however then when we went out to dinner last night I completely changed my mm-hmm. attire and I was in um like those hybrid board shorts and you know button down like black you know dress shirt and you know like some Vans tennis shoes and then today it'll probably be flip-flops and I don't know there's something about a man wearing flip-flops to me that's like he's not <laughs> carrying a gun <laughs> Yeah. I don't yeah, know why. You look
1: like you're taking a. You're on spring break or something. Right.
0: So then I need to just carry around like a half drank margarita with me everywhere yeah. I go. And, oh, yeah. Margarita's and, a dead giveaway. Oh, a
1: dead yeah. giveaway that you're
0: not carrying. Yeah. That guy's definitely not carrying. He's got a margarita. <laughs> right? For sure. Yep. So, okay. Well, so I mean, I think that's. Uh, yeah, we could
1: probably start wrapping it up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Because I know we've already talked about like casino restrictions and trespassing and all that type of stuff.
1: Um,. No, the only thing I'd like to add is that I really appreciate um bourbon.
0: I do too. After having moonshine, man. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that like, you know, we didn't have to grow up back in the bootlegging days and like try and get this stuff down.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, I don't want to like sound like I'm like being negative towards this company. They're probably they're, they're probably Honestly, a good it's probably really good. Yeah, uh, moonshine. Actually was drinkable for me. I could imagine lower quality moonshine not being not even being drinkable
0: yeah like you just gotta Um, shoot it down and hope for the best
1: but i would say um that the moonshine that we had today tasted more like 75 south uh than it did bourbon or uh, like a good whiskey whiskey. i should say yeah it
0: definitely tasted more like to me and again it's probably great moonshine they probably are a pretty good company um, but to me, it tasted more like bottom shelf liquor.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: and I don't know, too, if there would be a good way to mix it into something where it's just not...
1: Terrible. Yeah. I'm going to have to look up some moonshine
0: mixers. Yeah. Because now Maybe we have we a could whole... we can try that out. Now we have a whole bottle of it that we have. But you know who I think likes moonshine, though? It's my father-in-law. Oh, okay. So we'll have well, to I was going to say, him. we're
1: here for a bachelor party, so we can just throw it off on those guys. That's true. <laughs> That's true. We could.
0: We could. Um, but yeah, so... Anyways, well, we got to get back to Vegas. Um, got to go win a ton of money. Yes, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go win a ton of money. A ton of money. So much money that we'll be able to buy all Gray Man clothes. Yes. New Gray Man clothes for me. And more bourbon. And more bourbon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some cigars for next time.
0: Oh, definitely some cigars for next time.
1: But anyway, just smoke the podcast. Signing off. Have a good night.